Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast, and we're talking about just a little bit of horsepower today, Dude, Chris. I get that 80 times a day. Well, what are your goals? <laughs> Man, I just want a little more. Just a little just more. Just a little bit. Just a little Why more. Why not? Well, it's uh, just a little bit. Well, I want 1,000 horse. That's not a little bit, man. Well, it is if you start at 800. Most of these guys are stock. Yeah, I know. It's true. It's true. Um, I just want to multiply a little. (laughs) Oh, man. There is this idea throughout our industry where guys are always kind of looking at where am I at and where do I want to go? And then they seem to hedge back, right? So what we find is the real buyers, people who are actually spending money on their trucks, they'll start off stock and they'll say, well, I want it to be just a little bit more responsive. Well, I want just a little better fuel mileage. And then they do it. And then they're like, well... What's well, just a little bit more? Right. No, I mean, it's like, <laughs> hey, man, I'm new to the diesel world, you know, bought 06 LBZ, whatever. Okay. I just want to do a tuner. Okay. We do the tuner six months later. Man, you know, the tuner's been great. I actually had a customer from Florida, Tracy Mathis. Okay. Yeah. That's what happened. Two years ago, we did tuning for him, did a couple other little things, called back last month, and he was like, man, I just want to do a little more. Like, what, what's next? <laughs> we literally have everything on this truck. We even bumped up the tune to like what we call Stock Trans Plus. Right. Yeah. And he's like, what's next? I was like, the trans. He's like, man, that's big money. I was like, I know, but that's how you grow to the next level. But that's what guys do. That's how they get baited. That's how I got baited. That, that is. that. That's the addiction that we talk yep. about with diesel performance. And, you know, we can see that all the way through. I actually got a great example of this from Facebook. Uh, SFC Noah Valderrama. Love uh, the last name, dude. Um, I feel like he's just a badass. He's such a cool guy, Hell dude. Yeah. He's been emailing us uh, from the po- or for the podcast yep. and Facebooking us for the podcast. And he has the best truck for, possible. Well, since... He He's been contacting us since at least like last, I want to say August. Wow. He bought his product. So he bought a Stell 64, 100 over injectors from industrial, a 10 mil XRG pump. He picked all that up on Black Friday. He was still in Afghanistan. That's fucking He just got back. We do want to say congratulations. We're so glad that you're back stateside. Thank Thank you you for your service. Absolutely. So Noah sent in. He said, hey, man, I just got back to my truck, which I can't imagine he's been back for more than a week. He's already out fucking with the truck. Right? Like this guy loves it. Uh, but he, he sends in a message and says, like, hey, man, I got it back, but it's it's a little smoky. Mm-hmm. And, and he wants to know, what can I do to get just a little bit more? And so I thought it was kind of an interesting time to talk about when people are looking at just a little bit more about backing up. And actually, Noah was great. He, he's very knowledgeable. He already addressed what I'm going to suggest to do. Mm-hmm. So you get back, your truck's together. You're like, man, it's it's good, but it's it's not quite what I was looking at, and it has this little problem here where it, mm-hmm. it's it's smoky. Uh, I have drilled into this with Noah. It is smoky enough to where you can't see the car behind you. Oh, man. Not you just good. put a turbo on it. You just put injectors in it. My guess here is there's a boost leak. Yeah. I mean, my question, who tuned it? Right. Okay. You know? So he, he, he is looking at upgrading the tuning soon. Uh, I left that off the table because I wanted to say, like, regardless of who your tuner is, it a box programmer, a custom tuner, some schmuck off Craigslist, whatever. If you put a turbo on it, you add horsepower and it's immediately really smoky. The first thing I think you should do is go and boost test the truck. If you boost test the truck and there's no boost leaks, now your next step is like you said, Chris, go talk to your tuner. No, I mean, I can firsthand my 07, right? Very similar setup to to what Noah has. Um, When I first got the truck together, took it out on the street and I did the tuning myself, right? Right. The truck was smoky. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Well, I had a little bit of a boost leak, you know, just a little boost leak. (laughs) And, uh, you know, once we got that dialed in, I remember 
the day I had the boost leak, Nick Pregnance was driving behind me and he texted me. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, man, he's like, do I have to teach you more? Like, what, what is going on here? Take the company name off the truck. You're an embarrassment. <laughs> but there was a boost leak. And you know, it happens to us, right? So we are looked at as experts in the industry. And even us, we overlook that. So even when we do shop builds and things like that, before the truck gets it tuned, before the truck goes on its first test drive, it gets boost checked. You have to. You have to. You have to. So, And, and that... That boost test may be just a little bit of horsepower well, you were looking and, for. And it's not, well, I checked all the couplers. I checked the silicone not boost. A boost test. That's not a boost test. Not you actually have test. to pressurize the system, whether that's the the uh, discharge pipe off the, uh, off the turbocharger or you pressurize the air going into the compressor of the turbocharger, which is the end-all, be-all. Because right. I've seen turbochargers where the compressor is leaking past the center section. Right. Or, you know, the intercooler pipe, uh, one of the boots has a small tear or it wasn't seated 100%. These are tight fitment components. And, you know, and you got to be careful. It, I always think back to this time that I was working on my... <laughs> Let's go there. Hit it. My two-door 6.5 Tahoe. Hell yeah. That, so before I worked here, just a little tidbit, before I ever worked here, Fuck years you. ago- I hate you so much He right tried now. trading me this two-door Tahoe for, I had a KTM Orange 12-valve Cummins, right? The Which was, was also a piece of shit. Dude, so nasty. One of the nicest trucks. Such um, a piece of shit. It was a nice truck. And he ends up, your butt hurt because like he texted me like, do you want to trade? And I'm like, what? And he sends it back. I'm like, dude, fuck you. So- what was it? Two and a half years later? Right. Two years later? Two years I'm like later. giving him my phone number. You know, we're coworkers. That's the right thing to do. And he pulls up my number and it goes to that fa- that that text message yes. from Instagram. Like, go figure. I was so mad. Yeah, dude. Like, he literally, literally so a piece mad. Of shit. I was like, I'm going to fucking kill <laughs> That's you. Awesome. Small world. Small world. Small world. Oh, my God. But yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, so I was, wor- I was working on my two door 6.5 Tahoe. It was teal. I, I got it up on the rack. <laughs> I put a starter in it. I drop it down. I turn the key. <laughs> I turn the key. Nothing. So I turn to to our old mechanic back then, Owen. I'm like, Owen, what the fuck, man? Like, it, it was two wires. Like, yeah. there's no way I fucked this up. He's like, well, what'd you touch last? <laughs> and I'm like, well, the starter. He's like, there's your problem. <laughs> I, I, I was not laughing. I just want to be clear. Like, at this point, I'm here on a Saturday. It's... I'm tired. Yeah. I don't want to do this. You I'm, drove I'm long. Pissed. You drove a far drive. You had, you had a really long commute back then. No, it was even closer than the recent one. I was <laughs> less than two minutes. It was it was almost across the street. You could literally jog in a minute. Like, yeah. Just well, I, I walked when I owned the six five because the it truck was... never ran, <laughs> and I just stopped. I just said fuck it. I just never oh, drove, and I was man. like, this thing's terrible. But anyways, Owen's point was stop and think about it. It was fine when you pulled it in. It was fine before you touched something. What's most likely going on yeah. here? Is it that that part you bought is defective or there's some sort of other massive problem? Or is it just more likely that you made a mistake? Like we're all human. It doesn't matter how many times we've done this. It doesn't matter how much of an expert you are. If you touch the truck and then have a problem with whatever area you just touched, chances are you made a mistake. It's not a big deal. Just fix it. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And speaking of fixing problems, um, we have a new way of doing exergies, do's and don'ts this week. We actually had our associate producer, Justin Tyson, uh, come on and kind of put together a conglomerate story for us. So Chris and I have spent a lot of years in the phones working with guys in the diesel performance industry. We're really, really common to hearing like what we consider kind of cliche stories. Uh, so we put together a little kind of example story and I'm going to kick it over to Justin. He's going to read it for you. And then Chris and I are going to talk about that. 
You're 25 years old and just upgraded from an OBS 7.3 liter Power Stroke to a 2005 LOI Duramax. Your truck starts hazing badly at idle three months after you buy it. No warranty, very little cash reserve, and you depend on your truck to work in the construction field. Also, you sled pull on the weekends, and while you and your LOI have been killing it in the local stock class this season, you really want to step up and compete in the stock appearing or work stock class in the future. After deciding to work on the truck yourself to save some money, you do some research and find all sorts of advice online. That advice spurs more and more questions, which results in less and less confidence in what you are doing. You know you need bigger than stock injectors, but now you have no idea how much more than stock, and you wonder how much will get you just enough. All right, Chris, so we're back. So wh- what do you think? Is that a pretty common story for what, what we hear on the phones? Yeah, pretty much. You know, I don't want to say carbon copy, but we get a lot of those. We get a lot of inquiries like that. Yeah, I, I actually I pulled some specifics that the guys had been taking on the calls recently. Mm-hmm. So upgrading from from the Ford to, into your first Duramax, that's a really common situation. Maybe you had whatever, whatever example diesel before and you just got into a Duramax yep. and you're kind of new to it. And then you get it. And how many guys have gotten a truck? Three months later, something expensive, injectors, trans, whatever the example is. We were just talking about this uh, about an hour ago. And, you know, you you buy the used truck, right? You're buying a 150, maybe 200, maybe 250,000 mile truck. You get this great deal. And then you come into this issue a couple months later, right? right? Injectors, pump, you know, you get this good deal. Well, you're going to put money into it. You're not just getting this great deal and you never have to do any upgrades. If, if you want that, then go buy the newer low mileage truck and you're going to be the one to get rid of it by 150,000 miles because you're going to be the one dumping more money into it. That's right. what it amounts to. Right. And, and that's and that's what happened. So here in our example, our, our guy who's been doing a lot of sled pulling, really active in what's becoming a more popular all stock class. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No turbo mods allowed, nope. all stock. Uh, so he's been doing really well in that. And now he's progressing into realizing he's going to have to put some money in. Now he doesn't have a huge cash reserve, which means he cannot afford to do this wrong. No, absolutely not. You think doing it cheap is cheap. Doing it cheap twice is more expensive than just doing it right once. And that happens more times than not, guys. And and here's what else happened. So he started to diagnose his problem by losing ET, right? So he's running down the strip and... He's like, man, it's getting slower and slower and slower. And he's starting to think, like, how can I get the ET back up? Like, yep. how can I really get back up? And so he's talking with his friends, which is how we all diagnose yep. our trucks. Even to this day, if I have a problem, I literally go and talk to my coworkers who are also diesel heads. Yep. And we talk about it and try to figure yep. out what it is. Um, and once you have it down to the fuel system, a lot of guys, like, I don't know how common this is, where a lot of guys just jump and say, I'm buying 100 over injectors. Yeah. Hundred percent, hundred over, hundred horse. They don't even know. They just hundred, hundred over injectors. I just did a tune for a guy today. Flashed his truck, uh, LOI, beautiful truck, right? And uh, he upgraded things as it was needed. So we're talking a stock motor, stock, stock head bolts in this truck, a hundred fifty thousand mile truck. Um, he started with a turbo kit, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, he went right to hundred overs in a twelve mil pump. Like, hey, you know what? He's like, I'm doing it once, doing it right. He had another tuner tune in the truck, and the truck was, it, it was bad. Raunchy. Smoky. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he didn't understand why. 
you know? So we did some revisions, got the truck dialed in, you know, for what it was, made good power, trying to keep the stock bottom end in play. But, uh, you know, don't overspec, you know, I'm granted he has goals with the truck, you know, right. so he wanted to do it once. But so many times on the phone, we get guys, you know, they have no interest in, in building a motor or no interest in upgrading turbocharger, whatever the case may be. And they just, they want the biggest fuel system that they can. But why? But why? Exactly. You and, and you're spending this money on all this extra fuel that you're never going to use. Yeah. These once you're in common rail, it's not on twelve valve injection theories anymore. It's not more fuel makes more power. Yeah. Everything's electronically controlled. That's that's the really big takeaway here is don't overspec your yeah. injectors. Um, and I think what what the do is here for for Exergy's do's and don'ts is talk to somebody, talk to an expert, man. That's a big thing. You know, not only talk to an, I mean, an expert is going to be knowledgeable, Mm -hmm. but people that have done it themselves, people that have that firsthand experience and can say, Hey, I had this, this is what I experienced. If I could do it over again, this is the route I would go. And I'm not talking, you know, talk to some 16 year old kid on a Facebook forum (laughs) that, you know, smoke is cool. Oh, oversized fuel, this and that. Like you want to be practical. I, I always say this term. I don't hate my money. That's right. If I can keep my money in my bank account, I will do so while trying to achieve my end goal. That's why, you know, us over at Duramax Tuner, we invite people to ask questions. You know, uh, don't ask the same question 10 different ways. You'll get the same answer. But, (laughs) but, you know, I mean, myself, I've spent more money on my own stuff than I ever care to talk about. Yeah. I know that other guys at the shop, you included, I mean, I've seen you misdiagnose stuff with the Kodiak in the past. You know, we've all been there. We've all done it, but we've learned from it. That's That's the biggest thing. And that's what makes us knowledgeable. You yeah. know, you've burnt your money. I burnt mine. I might as well <laughs> put it in a fucking fire pit and just. Yeah. But, at least, at least I get warm from it then. Yeah. Right. You know, people are like, Oh, did you go to college? No, but I paid more than that. Like, <laughs> Hey, believe that. So, well, you know, speaking of spending a lot of money on something that's probably not very practical, we got some really cool industry news brought to you by diesel power magazine. Yeah. Uh, I read through this just fucking awesome article about this 91 and a half Cummins Hell yeah. owned by Evan Ratcliffe. Chris, this is this, this is your jam. This is my wheelhouse. Like when people ask like how'd you get into diesels? Like started with a with a 7.3, right? 96. Yep. Had that truck six months, dumped it, hated that truck, went into so I was born eleven of eighty nine. My first Cummins manufacture date, 11 of 89. You're such a loser. Dude, hey, it was You're nasty. Such a loser to even so know that. I went up eight hours up north in Wisconsin to get it. And uh, the you trucks, yeah, eight dude, hours. How much was it? Sixteen hundred bucks. You drove eight hours for a sixteen hundred dollar vehicle for a two hundred and seventy thousand mile one owner first gen. Shut that's name. That's up. name was a little red. And it had stallions painted, stenciled. The guy who made it before me. There were horses stenciled on the back of the bed. Dude, hey, a week after owning it, five inch stack. Turned up the pump, let her rip. Douche. Dude, it was so nasty. Just straight douche. If I could if I could have a truck like that again, I'd probably buy it. I mean, I honestly like I love it. Yeah. Uh let me just be honest with you listeners. I would fucking do that too. Yep. But you're such an idiot. Who drives fucking eight hours for a sixteen hundred dollar vehicle? I mean, I got a good deal. <laughs> Sold the truck two years later, blown trans, the injection pump I turned up too much and burnt it up. Still sold it for twenty two hundred bucks. Jesus. Yeah, dude. That's dude, that's life. Look up Chris Emke if you're looking for a Craigslist deal (laughs) where he will win. You, you like the honesty oh, of that one, dude, I see. Okay. I love Craigslist. Okay. But yeah, you know, walk, so- Walk me through Evan's bill. Can you tell our, our listeners why they should be reading this article? What does he have done to this thing? A lot. A lot. So for starters, I have show notes. I didn't know there were two pages. Right. So, <laughs> wow. Um, 
really, really stout build. So one of the things that a lot of guys refer to in the 12-valve world is the killer dowel pin. Yeah, what and the fuck is that? It's a pin that slides into the front cover, and over time, because 12-valves rattle like a motherfucker, you want the best back massager ever, drive a 12-valve. <laughs> Anyways, the pin backs out of the front cover, and it will go right into the gears. And it will fucking destroy the motor. Sweet. So you tap it and put a bolt in, you know, thread lock, all that fun stuff. Um, so he did that, which is like 12-valve ownership 101. Love you you it. do that um, if it didn't already eat the dowel pin. And I've seen it. I had a truck once where the dowel pin backed out and just sat in the front cover. Dude, luck. Anyways, I wish I could have that at the casino. Rather be lucky than good. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, he had a marine camshaft. Um, that, I'll be honest with you, I've, I didn't do that firsthand myself. So, you never fucked around with the marine camshaft because no, marine no. camshaft, marine injectors, marine injectors, a couple horsepower more. You know, I, I, I'm probably going to be debatable to say the least. Uh, one of the cool things, since we're referencing Diesel Power Magazine, they did this really cool budget build years ago with one of the old editors yeah. or writers, and uh, his name was Jason Sands, and he did this nasty two wheel drive. That's the reason I bought one. Like all BS aside, that's a fact. And he ended up <laughs> making a thousand horsepower in a two wheel drive truck that got like 28 miles to the gallon. Yeah, I mean it was nice. And shit. I mean, it was badass, but but it was nasty. It, it um, honestly, those, so those are a lot of fun. Those trucks that are set up like when that. you do the cam, it's really common to go to twenty four valve tappets. So the tappets sit on top of the cam, and that's what the push rod sits on. So Got the twenty four valve uh, tappets a little bit bigger surface area. It's going to minimize like walking of the cam, things like that over time. Uh, Sixty pound valve springs, which are heavy duty for any you know high boost application and he had a ported cylinder head 12 valve engines do very well with ported heads right um for fuel he had a modified 12 millimeter ve pump in the mechanical ve world like that is the end all be all for badass pumps that's the big swinging dick pump. i mean that pump is gonna take you from a 350 horse truck to a 500 horse truck my friend Ooh. yeah dude, it's nasty and he had 3200 governor springs so factory governors like 2800 so i mean he's singing the r's with the 3200 yeah um for air he had a 60 millimeter compressor wheel and a whole set turbocharger which again project rust bucket from mm -hmm. diesel power magazine they actually tested that turbocharger in the midst of upgrading in the future. Oh, really? And then a second-gen intercooler. So um, what's nice with the 91 and a half, so from 89 to early 91, um, there were no intercoolers. Okay. Like they were straight turbocharger. They did this like little uh, pathway into the intake, so non-intercooled. Right. And then a 91 and a half, they introduced an intercooler. So there's a lot of modification <laughs> to get a second-gen intercooler to fit. It's a big intercooler, and there's not a lot of real estate up front. You you saw this article, too, which this truck yeah. looks just beautiful. It's gorgeous truck. Um, gorgeous truck. What did he do wrong? Nothing. 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 I wouldn't say anything. I'm not going to discredit someone's work. Okay. I mean, we're not even done. I mean, he has a trans. He has a four-speed automatic with Alto clutches, the second gear band strut, Transgo shift kit, 48RE intermediate shaft, steel planetary, and a RevMax high-stall converter. Maybe I wouldn't have done a high-stall converter myself. I mean, turbocharger is fairly small. And it made a respectable 304 horsepower, but 810 foot-pounds of torque, or 809. Sorry, I rounded yeah, yeah, yeah. it. We're talking a truck 300 horse, and it literally made two and a half times its torque output. Yeah, that's a pretty wild... 12-valve world, man. That's the... Pretty wild That's the ported head. Them, that's right? a ported head in a, in a 60 millimeter turbocharger. Like... They make power. And yeah. that truck is a blast to drive. Does it make all the horsepower in the world? If you compare that to a common rail system these oh, days, no, it's just not there. But by all means, hats off to him. He literally took a, a hundred and some odd horsepower truck factory. Yeah, I think they're 120 or 100, some bullshit. Something like that. And literally turned it into a, a nice driver. And yeah. again, the truck is gorgeous to go along with that power number.
Yeah, absolutely. No, uh, it, it was very impressive. Um, it gets hard to pick out which which one of those those kind of feature articles should we like pull out yeah. for the podcast. But this one, as I was thumbing through the pages, I was like, nope, nailed it. No, Num- nailed it. Like, and it, it's a really well written article as well. If you guys yeah. haven't checked it out, jump in and check it out. Of course, Chris and I are really excited for Diesel Power uh, Challenge coming yeah, dude, up, coming up June third through the seventh. Dude, we're we have a lot of traveling on our hands in the next few months. Yeah, who? Uh, well, you dude. know, May. 4th, 5th, and 6th, of course, we're going to be down in Brownsburg, Indiana. And then literally a month after, we're going to be in Colorado. Yep. And then uh, I actually go to Kentucky at the end of the month. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of our vendors or one of our dealers, uh, they did a dino day every fall. And now they're like, hey, we're done doing the dino day, the judgment day from Thoroughbred Diesel, which, you know, it's been a staple for years. Uh, They're doing a, like a blackout day at a drag strip. Oh, no shit. Yeah, dude. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm excited for that. So cool. Yeah, I do also want to give a shout out to the guys up in Alaska, uh, Diesel Crew, who sent us an invite out to their sled pull June 23rd and 24th. I have not told Justin or Chris about this wow, yet. Wow, that's a first, uh, dude. I'm down to go to Alaska. They've actually they've invited us before, and I just straight up told them, no, it's too cold. Yeah, for um, sure. I'm sure even So I June. do want to give that shout out that they they literally started their message with, if you guys decide to stop being pussies. I, I have not decided. Called yet. you the <laughs> F out. And then, you know, one of the other things we'll kind of dive into it, you know, but again, thanks again to Diesel Performance, uh, Diesel Power Magazine for mm-hmm. everything they do. Um, but the Diesel Insights that just launched. Oh, the, okay. si- the 68 RFE. Can you edit that out? <laughs> okay. It's the Smart EGT control. Smart EGT yeah. control. So let's just, we'll cut this out and we'll go into it. Okay. Again. Okay. So then the Diesel Insights, a video just ra- launched recently. Uh, the guys over at Duramax Tuner have a new feature for LML Duramaxes, and it's referred to as the smart EGT control. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, so this is a really wild one, Chris. Um, so as our listeners might have heard, so I, I, I very scarily ran out of the sales department and jumped into a marketing role over here, yep. which has been a lot of fun. So I've it's had been a great little bit for me. Of I don't have to see you. Right. Yeah. 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 Nice. yeah. I don't have to argue over volume space in a small <laughs> office with you. As we've sat next to each other for four years. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So, so I've actually had a little bit of background and insight on this. This video is coming out soon, but the feature was so cool that like we just had to roll it out. They just had to get it out there. Yeah. These trucks have factory EGTs sensors. EGT right? probes, yep. And then we were able to, well, Nick and the guys in the tuning department over at Duramax Tuner were able to reference how that sensor reads and how that can manipulate uh, fueling yeah, in the so, engine. So let's walk through this a little. So EGT exhaust gas temperatures. Nick breaks this stuff down a lot better than we will today, yeah. right? But basically what happens is we've in the diesel industry we've always referenced dgt as a measurement taken on the exhaust manifold and the reason we take it there is because it measures direct stress on the engine so if your engine is operating in an unsafe high stress situation that's the fastest most direct way to see egts is right there on the manifold right next to the combustion cylinder however you can't as a manufacturer put probes on the on the exhaust manifold right. because they don't last yep. and they're not going to warranty your shit forever so what they do instead is they use EGT probes to actually measure emissions equipment efficiency, and they put them post-turbo. Yep. So there's one right in the downpipe on an LML, and then there's two more that are down throughout yep. the exhaust system. So what 
what Nick and the the tuning crew at Duramax Tuner did was they figured out what's the delta, what's the what's Off, the difference between the manifold pressure and post turbo. Yeah, manifold yep. temp. Yeah, yep. yeah, and and or temp. Sorry, my bad. And, and post turbo Man, temp. I'm out of it. So once you put so like operating driving on the road should be about 140 degrees. On a loaded truck, it's actually about 300 yep. degree difference, and it, that's consistent across the board as temperatures rise. Yeah, yeah, yep. absolutely, right. So, so there's a little flux in there. I'm sure it's like a, a percent, but it's it's pretty yep. close. So what what they figured was, well, wait a minute. If we know this post turbo EGT can tell us the same information that a manifold EGT probe could, why don't we set our safety features and our safety limits off of this turbo? Yep. That every or off of this probe that everybody already yeah. has. And so what, walk me through, what does that do to the calibration? So what references what? What a great question. Okay. So you're you're in the throttle, yep. you're heading uphill, you have a load on the truck, your EGTs are starting to go up. And that's due to fuel dosing into the cylinder. Right. So as your EGTs are going up and your truck's starting to operate hotter and hotter, less and less efficiently, more and more dangerously, the probe senses this and starts to pull very slowly taper how much dosing it's throwing right. of fuel. Now, the kickback that you're going to get right away is, so now I'm going to cut power, right? right? So how am I going to get up that grade? And it doesn't actually work that way uh, through and through. So what ends up happening then is, so the truck is going to pull fuel, but then we have in the cal to downshift the gear. So when you're maintaining a load, right, or maintaining a speed, your truck is at a specific gear, converter lock, non-converter lock, whatever the case may be, the truck is then going to register to downshift, bump up RPMs to allow exhaust gases to get that turbocharger into a higher motion, more boost. Exactly. So what what the, the end result is, is you're able to drive up the hill without having to stare at that fucking probe yep. and stare at that temp and be worried about your truck. And then you're backing out of the throttle and you're actually going to be losing more power because you're trying to manipulate the system. You're you're trying to manipulate it. How accurate can you be with the movement of a pedal compared to the milliseconds of measurement that we have in tuning calibration control? Now, we've had the luxury of driving the truck and experiencing it firsthand. Yeah. You're not going to notice it. I literally could not tell. I I got in the truck with uh, the VP over here, Jamie, and he had loaded up. We were running a truck to Whirly's for some roll cage install. And uh, I was like, dude, turn on the big tune. Let's get on it. It's a 40-foot gooseneck yeah, dude. on his LML. And Loaded. it's a 15 LML. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, like we, we got a truck. I mean, we're not like 30. Somebody's going to write to no, me about being right. at 40,000 pounds. We're not at 40,000 pounds, right? But but we're loaded. We got a I truck mean, on there. You feel it behind you on flat ground. That's all I'm saying. And also, like we don't, we're not driving it on the tow tune anymore where we would tell all of our customers no. to drive on and never put I it mean, on the race I'll tune. I'll just reference. Jamie's a bad motherfucker. Everything he does is in race tune or in sport economy. True like, story. Like, that is what he does. He not, doesn't believe anything else. True More story. boost, the better. That's what he says. <laughs> so, yeah. So, we got after it. And and honestly, even when we switched and I was driving, I could not, could not tell that it was pulling. But what I could do is I could watch post-turbo EGT1 on the edge monitor and I could see that it was working. Yep. And that was just such a peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Thinking back to all those times, like when you're towing a trailer down to Kentucky and you're going through the hills, yep. and it's a fucking nightmare, man. Dude, it sucks. It really does. And I don't tow that much. And then that's more laborsome. <laughs> now, not only do I have to drive eight hours, but now I have to watch the fucking gauge, which I don't watch. Have them on everything I own. Tell me I watch them. Never. I don't. Never. Yeah. I've blown up motors not watching them. I still haven't learned. Watch your gauges, guys. <laughs> so Smart EGT Control, we're really excited for that feature over at Duramax Tuner. That comes automatically when you buy LSP tunes, which is the switch on the fly yep. tunes. They build two calibrations. They build the defuel off, defuel on. Defuel is a simple function of the trans is commanding the fuel to back off during a shift. 
Uh, they just simply ignore that. They run a no defuel tune. It's for like your drivers, more aggressive people who drive like an asshole like I do. And then your no defuel tunes are really built for like guys who are towing or more conservative, more responsible adults. Uh, we don't know any of those, but we hear that they exist. Those guys are going to automatically have the LML EGT smart control feature built in. Absolutely. So, cool. uh, I'm really excited Dude, for today. When you told me who Paul does all of the the setup, right? And he told me who we were interviewing today. Everyone, you've seen his truck on Facebook. The it's a truck from the camp over at Industrial Injection. I'm excited to get some inside scoop of this truck. Don't even try to hype up Trevor Peterson. It's, <laughs> it's just a little bit of horsepower. It's just folks. a little bit. It's just a flat, uh, flat matte metallic, gorgeous, gorgeous Cummins. You know I what? Fucking love it. We'll let him tell okay, the story. Deal. Trevor. How the hell are you? Good, guys. How about you? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you so much for carving out some time to talk to our listeners a little bit about your truck and getting ready for your first Ultimate Call-Out Challenge qualifiers uh, experience. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, getting ready for it. <laughs> I would have to. I would have to say, you know, there's a, a lot of UCC qualifiers. Your truck in particular has made a ton of splash over the last few months. Um, anyone and everyone who has social media knows your fucking truck. Okay? It's just, <laughs> let's just be honest. So talk to us a little bit, you know, just like, let's go over the truck and, and what is it exactly? It's a uh, 2006, I have 370,000 miles on the chassis, bought it as a stock truck. What's funny is actually a year to the day is when I got it. Oh, oh wow. really? Go today. Yeah, I looked it up or last night. It was kind of funny, but... Um, oh, happy anniversary. Yeah, triple turbo. <laughs> what? Happy anniversary, man. Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a triple turbo, built motor, built trans, uh, stripped out interiors, got a roll cage in it. Um, um, still has lease on it, so... I love how you just said, oh, just a triple turbo, built motor, built trans. Right, as opposed to the octu- octuple turbo setup yeah, with uh, you know, a super built trans. Just triple turbo, right. it's no big deal, just a couple, you know. Um, the truck made some pretty decent power. What did the power make last, or what did you have it on the dyno? What did it make? Um, it makes about 1680, a little over 1700 on fuel, um, and then a little bit of spray it's north of 1750 but uh i put some bigger injectors in on tuesday so hopefully we can creep closer to 2000 mark just 2000 horse right i know oh <laughs> my god <laughs> now do you do you drive this truck ever on the street or is it really just like you're getting it ready oh, no. okay yeah it's uh no lights in it no dash i don't want any risk of it getting hit yeah I'd, way I mean, too much money into it so it sits inside and trail it <laughs> everywhere and that's it and it's a unique color too it's like that matte blue right yeah it's a matte metallic blue um we were going to paint it but you know, let's be honest it's a clapped out three hundred seventy thousand mile truck so i just wrapped it and called it a day <laughs> it's a good looking <laughs> color man the, the truck is really really sharp i love it okay so i want to talk a little bit about why you're going to the ultimate call out challenge like what what got you motivated to want to be a qualifier well, some of my best friends, uh, like Sean Baca, Randy Reyes, um, Dustin Hanbury is the lead engine guy at Industrial. Um, I bought this truck. I actually had a built motor LBZ Duramax that I sold, and I was going to get out of it, and I seen this truck pop up, so I bought it. Long story short, it just uh, tumbled what we have now, and when we seen the qualifier team popped up, I kind of sent them a couple texts, and to my wife's boss at Gillette Diesel was joking around, should I do it, and then... An hour later, I entered in, and here we are. So. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you have some competition experience in your past? 
Um, I've sled pulled once last weekend in Phoenix, and then once two years ago. Um, I've dragged raced just here locally quite a bit, and then I've died out a bunch of times, but um, that's really about it. I mean, I think out of our interviews so far, he has the most sled pull experience, except yeah. maybe Nick. And he's probably one of the most chill. <laughs> like, <laughs> just 1,600 horse, just three turbos. Like, yeah. I fucking love it. I'm going to start using that. Like, no big deal. Like, yeah. everybody has this. Yeah, right. right. You guys all have triple turbo, yeah. 1,700 horsepower right. Cummins, right? right? Backplate motor, the that, whole nine. That like. you bought a year ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, that just clicked. Right. A fucking year. A year ago. A year. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. So I want to talk about what that last year has been like. Um, you bought this truck. It was all stock when you picked it up, I take it? Yeah. It's had a 5 inch exhaust and an edge easy on it. What'd you start with? Um, as far as... Oh, is the build. Like, what was the first thing down. you did to it once you bought it? Ripped the bed off, threw it off at the farm. My <laughs> wife's family farm. Left it there. Took it to my wife's work. We built it at Gillette Diesel Service here in Bluffville, Utah. Um, ripped the dash out. Just stripped it all down. Pulled the motor and trans out. Sent the trans to Randy, gave the 5.9 core to Industrial as a core, and uh, we started building a roll cage in it, and then I got fiberglass doors for it, got a bumper for it, and it just kind of slowly just, I mean, it's a lot of work, you know what I mean? But uh, I, I stripped down the wiring harness because I have no BCM, no tip, tip them in there, you know, um, it's kind of like a standalone harness, and then... Man, I don't know. It's just it's taking a year to get where we're at. It's just because I, I work so much. I have like Thursdays on my days off and Sundays to work on it. Um, that's why it's kind of taking so long to build it. But so long, um, you you literally accomplished what it takes people, you know, five six years in literally a year. Well, that's what I'm thinking over here too, yeah. Chris. Right? Is is you're you're mentioning how slow the process was and things <laughs> like that, and like we're thinking like, wow, we work at a shop where it took us two years to build the Apache. Yeah. Um, and we're, we are a shop, right? Mm -hmm. So like to get right. a project done as a consumer in one year, I think is really, really good. What do you do? Do you work on trucks full time? Like in the real world, that's what your job is or? No, I'm a sales manager at a Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram dealership. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Yep. Okay. So selling, selling cars yep. and trucks and then working on it just for a hobby on the side, man. That's a, yep. it takes a lot of passion to keep a hobby like this going. How long did you have the built Duramax before this? I had that Pacific GMC probably for four years. Oh, wow. wow. Um, I had that one for a long time. But uh, it had S4, S5 compounds on it, dual pumps. Uh, Tony Martino was tuning it. I had a motor from Industrial, a transfer Randy. Um, ran like a 10.8, as fast as fast I got out of it. I mean, it ripped. It just had 80,000 miles on it. It was an 07. I didn't want to really cut it up. I was kind of done at that point, but I always wanted to go back to a Dodge, and this, this Dodge popped up for pretty cheap, and yeah. I was going to make it a street truck, but that didn't happen, so now <laughs> I mean, you can on. easily street drive an 1,800-horse truck. Like, let's just be real. Well, I, I, he mentioned he's friends with, with Sean, though, and I think we all saw what happened to the Shredder last Man, year. Right? Nobody wants was, to be in that. Yeah, so that was two years ago, and why you got to bring up ago. bad times. Yeah, true. Yeah, that was a bad, yeah, that was a bad <laughs> but... 
time moves on. It's all good. Yeah. So <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Okay. So very little little sled pull experience. Sounds like you've done quite a bit of racing and uh, quite a few times on the dyno. Can I extrapolate from that that you feel really confident about your your ability to drag race at UCC? I mean, it's not heads up. It's you know drive by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that'll make it a little easier for people. They don't feel as much pressure, right? If someone's right next to them, they have to get the lights or double bowl them or you know those have a second they can spool it up when they're ready they can take off right. um but we were kind of having a couple of issues uh, last weekend down in phoenix with me trying to get it spooled up but that just comes with seat time because we never take the truck out before so um i don't know i think we'll get it dialed in uh jared volmer he does uh breakout he owns breakout tuning he does a lot of race tuning and He's going to come back down here. We're going to try and get it dialed in that way. And then I did put, put those bigger injectors in it. So I think it'll help. And I think it's a little bit more seat time. We should be ready for it. But you, you mentioned my passion is going down the drag strip. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it, it's going fast. That's what you're into. I dig it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you get to the end of the track, and it's like, woof. You know what I mean? It just feels <laughs> good. But yeah, it's fun. I dig it. All right. Cool. Uh, you had mentioned spool up problems. And triple turbo setup. What do you have? What's what size turbos are on this thing? Um, I have a GT55 on the manifold Holy and shit. a two S480s out in front of it. And when you're saying Phoenix, I mean, stupid question. Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Sorry. Just, yeah. No. 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 Hey, you're not sorry. I'm the idiot here. So, that's <laughs> so you. <back> and dots. <laughs> so you you were at sea level. We assume like a pretty crisp day this time of year out in Arizona. Um, that's a big turbo on the manifold. Yeah, that's so like needing, yeah. needing spool up behind it. How big of injectors did you say you just put in it on Tuesday? Uh, they're about seven hundred percent over. Seven hundred percent over injectors. Just seven hundred percent over. Right. <laughs> Call those the mongoose because they kill the cobras. <laughs> <laughs> that's the punchline for this. We actually we told that to the that, that's that's, funny. Just to give credit, that's actually Danny Voss's line. He told that to the boys from Industrial Injection last year at UCC. They wow. loved it. They went nuts for it. That's awesome. <laughs> um, okay, That's what funny. what kind of pump do you have pushing fuel to those 700% over garden hoses? Um, we have two uh, Industrial XP pumps on it. Okay. okay. And those are enough? Those are keeping up? Yeah, so those are the same pumps that are on Industrial's racetrack right now that they come and swapped in. Um so, I mean, it's worked for them, so it should be plenty plenty for what I have. The so, injector should be about the same or a little bit bigger, I think, than what I have. So do you think you're going to run out of injector or air first when you go to max this thing out? <laughs> kind of question Probably run out of air. Yeah. Dude, he's got an, from what I can... That's a lot of turbo, too, man. Dude, he's got so. enough injector to fucking burn a village. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, Okay, so we got the turbo and the air set up. We got a pretty good handle on your motor. What have you done for chassis modifications? Um, I lowered it a couple inches. Uh, I still have a leaf out in the rear because, I mean, I wanted to, you know, back half it and all that stuff, but I want to run Super Street for NHRDA and just other classes out here. Um, That's why I still have a leaf on it, or we would have four-leaf did and all that, but um, this has some Asco shocks on it. Just have some traction bars on it so I could pull with it. I don't have Caltrax on it. Just the you know the, just the standard long traction bar on it. Um, I got. I, know, I went through the whole front end. It's got all the new upgraded Mopar stuff on it. I mean, it's pretty basic. I don't know. It's just a 
kind of a simple build, really, but it's not crazy back half or fiberglass everything. So well, I guess that leads me to the but, next question. You know, what you didn't purposely build this truck to go to UCC qualifier, correct? No, I did not. So the future of the truck, I mean, you know, any project's always going to evolve. You know, you don't build this and go, oh, I'm going to sell it. You're going to lose your ass. We all know that. I've been there. Everyone's been there that's gotten into this. (laughs) So is the future of the truck to back half it, four link it, that type of setup? Like what's, what's the future hold for something like this? I know you don't have a ton of time in the truck currently, but, you know, what does that look like? I think if we make it the top five for this year, I mean, just saying, um, if we did, hopefully we do, um, I'll probably fiberglass front clip and we'll probably back half it and kind of go a little crazy on it for next year. Okay. If I do make it to the, to the main event, then I'll probably just race pro street from that point. <laughs> but that's kind of the plan. I love the just, and then just do it. Like, God, I need your mindset, man. That's awesome. No, that is that's great. Yeah, so, yeah. so this started off as like just kind of a fun build, and then it, it snowballed into this massive, huge kind of national recognition kind of build where you know now you're over seventeen hundred horse. That's an elite group of people who are above that number, right? Yeah. Um, but but there's still this question of like, what does sled pulling look like for you? You got two or three hooks under your belt. What are you going to change on the setup from drag racing to sled pulling to to be competitive? Um, I have, I put a spool in it. I got some axles in the rear. Um, I've been thinking about putting an airlock on the front. I haven't decided on that yet. I do have, I bought some used FPS, you know, those Truxus tires, whatever you call them. Sure. Um, I got a used set of that from Sean Baca when he used to use them. Um, I have a hitch that just bolts right on. We were going to do a draw bar, but I passed on that. I just want something that's going to be simple since I only get one pull. And I just have sled stops, and it takes about an hour to put it all on. And I have a weight box. We built the bracket for it in the front, just pull off my bumper and throw the box on. And I think it weighs about 7,800 pounds as when I bolt everything on without me in it. Wow. Nice. Okay, so you're, so you're really pushing it right up to the weight limit. I like that. I, I think a lot of the guys yep. who have been race-heavy are, are going into the sled pull just way too light, mm-hmm. you know, and especially out there where it's that hard, dry dirt. Yeah. Um, I really feel like a lot of these guys are going to have more worries about spinning out on top of the dirt than really digging in and pulling that sled. Sure, yeah. So what does the truck weigh? Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. What does the truck weigh in race trim, like, you know, just by itself? Uh, right now, it weighs 5,800 without me in wow. it. Wow. Four-wheel drive truck, too. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, wow. you guys really shaved the weight yep. down. Okay, um, what's your strategy for winning? Uh, hopefully, make it through all advanced play, just like everybody <laughs> else. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for the dyno, we're probably going to pull up on it and make one, because you only get you know, 10 minutes, and once it's heat sucks, it's not going to make any more power, so... Just probably try and just make one big hit, first pass, and pull it off the dyno, and then go hit the track the next day, see what it does, hopefully it does good, and then kind of hang tight, and then go try and make another pass. You know what I mean? Just just kind of if we need to. I don't know. I'm not saying my truck's going to be the fastest, but um, we just want to be consistent so we can make it through all three events. But and then just for the sled pulls, bolt everything on, kind of roll it out, and then let it eat. You know, I feel like everybody is starting to realize, like, your truck has to last if you even want to be in the top 10, 
right? Like just there's, especially yeah. in the qualifier bracket where there's so many people in the bracket. If you break it all or you miss one event, you're out, you're done. It's just, it's not even possible. Um, but there is this like craziness that you also can kind of track everybody else's points throughout the event yeah. and you know where you stand after each event is done. Uh, there's also updates yep. every morning to come out. So like, how hard are you going to push it at the track? Because it, it, to me, it seems like that'd be the place that would be the most tempting for one more pass. And if you've ever been to a racetrack, you know the term one more pass usually means taking a tow truck fucked. home. Yeah, no. that, That's what it is yep. every yeah. time. So what's the number yep. you feel comfortable with? Like, what do you have to lock up before you say, okay, I'm done drag racing for the day? Because I think you get like 12 hours of drag racing open window time. Yeah, I, mean, I think our goal ultimately for the track is you want to get like an 890 or like a 90, a low 9 or 890 out of it. So, hype, you know, best case scenario, right? Like, you have good luck. First pass off the off the trailer, runs an 888-90, you're done, you're, you're done for the day racing? Yeah, I'll probably park it and just hang tight and see what happens. I honestly believe you. I call bullshit. <laughs> I, call I believe bullshit. him. I believe him. We're, no, I believe I, him. I, I, it sounds good. It sounds good. It's like, it's like when you first get married and you're like, let's hold off a couple of years before we have kids because it sounds good. And then that's just that's it. it never fucking happens. That, that way. didn't happen for either of us. That's right. That's why I said like <laughs> we can relate to that. Yeah, um, for sure. I just I feel like you're gonna get there. You're gonna run eight ninety. The guy next to you is gonna run an 888, and you're going to be like, well, fucking, I got another .3 in it. Yeah, but that motherfucker that ran an 888 <laughs> isn't going to make it to the fucking sled pole. We'll see. Well, that's what that's what the challenge is all about, right? I don't know, man. I think he's got composure. He he knows how to control himself. He's a fucking salesman. There's no way he has composure. He, he went oh. from a small build to a 1,700 horsepower truck in 365 days. No, people have dreams, Paul. <laughs> What do you think? Do you think you have yeah. composure? Do you think you'll you'll crack if you're pushed right there? Um, maybe I don't know. I God damn it! <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> uh, no, I usually say I try to stay pretty calm, or I walk off on myself for a minute and walk around. There you go. But, yeah, usually can try and hang tight. I was pretty nervous. I slept pulled it at Phoenix, and I was way nervous. All my friends are trying to calm me down. So we parked the truck out in the back a little bit, behind, away from everybody. I sat down the truck, got in, then we were good to go. <laughs> but then the drive line said no. So other than that. <laughs> How did it do in Phoenix? How did the pull go? It was good. I just was kind of trying to pull it off and just rolling it out. I bumped the nitrous, came up, hit lock up, banged a second, then went to hit the nitrous and floor it, just to let it eat. And the truck caught a little bit, revved up, and I heard this big, you know, boom. I'm like, oh, crap, what just happened? And the driveline went under the sled. Oh. The yoke and all that stuff broke, but no big deal. Well, you're one of the few guys who actually gets to do that shakedown test months before yeah. uh, the actual event, because I know a lot of, especially the competitors, not necessarily the qualifiers, are going to show up with totally untested, totally unproven setups, and that's every year. Uh, so it is a huge advantage that you got to get out and, and have that, that hiccup happen in Phoenix instead of in Indy, right? Right. Yeah, that's a lot of the reason we kind of went to, down there to Phoenix just to see what was going to happen. I haven't driven the truck before. I, we were already going to work on some stuff, get a little more practice, but kind of the reason we went down there just to see what's going to happen with the truck, kind of learn it a little bit, and then 
try to go out to Indy and hopefully do good with it. So are you going to modify something physically on the truck to prevent that from happening, or was this just hitting it too hard too early? Um, I think the, the little E-joints, they just couldn't take it. So the driveline shop that I went to, it's Galen's driveline here in Utah, he flat poles and stuff, so I'm going to take him. I have an extra set of drive lines for it, so I'm going to take those to him. Have him put those 1480 or 14. I don't know much about drive line stuff, but he just said bring them to me. He's going to get them set up for pulling. I'll slap them in right before the pull, and then just I have a backup drive line and stuff, and then we'll just send it down the track and hopefully it doesn't break. I love it. I love it. That's the best plan I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> any anybody else that's competing this year in the qualifier bracket that you're you're keeping an eye on? Anybody else you think is going to be real strong competition for that top five spot? I think there's going to be some people that are pretty quiet. They're going to come up out of nowhere. Um, I don't. I mean, just there's a bunch of people in it, you know. But I'm not too particular like nervous about anyone really it's just nervous if it lifts through all three events <laughs> and you know as far as that but, but you know, i don't really have a certain person i think that they're all going to be competitors against we're all going to be competitive against each other but I mean, everybody drove out that far. I'd hope everybody could make it through all three events. Let's be honest, a lot of money and stuff. So. Yeah, no shit. I feel like but, I have this prediction that a larger percentage of qualifiers will break. will have their trucks home, like driving, really? uh, than competitors. Yeah, I think the competitors have this thing where like it's it's pretty much all shop or sponsored. There's a, a few privateers out there, Wade Minter and whatnot, but like it's mostly shops that are yeah. in the competitor circle. Um, and I feel like they're going to push it till it breaks because they can. Right, and if they lose, it's like, well, they still went to the UCC and they were able to advertise, and that, that's great. Whereas, and I think right. the qualifiers are going to be like, this is my truck, this is my only truck, or maybe this is my only toy truck. You know what I mean? Like, I hope it's not their only. Truck. Something a lot more personal no, about it when you're money, a privateer, their investment for than, sure. than when you're a company. So, yeah, um, I agree with that. Anybody you want to give a shout out to, Trevor? Uh, probably my wife, biggest. Well played. Supporter in all this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends, Travis and White, they helped me build the truck. And I'll start off by name also my sponsors real quick. But um, like uh, Industrial Injections, Gillette Diesel Service, Randy Rang Transmissions, uh, Air Dog came through. They, gave me, they sponsored me some pumps for my truck. Um, Yukon Gear and Axle, Jared Vollmer, Breakout Tuning, uh, the place I work at, Ken Garf Automotive Group, Edge Products, um, and really it's... I think that's on AFE, I guess, um, as far as that. But other than that, I mean, that's my team. And I have a couple guys going out there with me. And we'll see what happens. Well, that's awesome. Trevor, we can't wait to see you at the show. We're definitely going to pull you up in the media tower and do a podcast live while we're at the event. For today, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Thanks for listening. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including Duramax, Cummins, PowerStroke, John Deere, Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. 
That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or chris at c-e-h-m-k-e at duramaxtuner.com. Hey, thanks for listening. Your feedback is appreciated. Please rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and by all means, let us know if you have any ideas for a podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Before I ever worked here, Fuck years you. ago, I hate you so much. He right tried now. trading me this two-door Tahoe for I had a KTM Orange 12-valve Cummins, right? Which was, was also a piece of shit, dude. So nasty. One of the nicest trucks. Such um, a piece of shit. It was a nice truck. 